You already know who it is. It's the reason you're listening. It's Justin Thin of 24-7 Sports to break everything down with recruiting, the transfer portal, what's going on with the football program. Hey, it's going to be a good time. As always, let's go. Our Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. The greatest people in the world. We're talking the viewers of Lockdown Spartans, the listeners of Lockdown Spartans, and also this gentleman, Justin Thin of 24-7 Sports. But before letting him talk, hey, Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN at checkout and that get that extra $30 off your order. And you know who else is a gift from the heart, folks? It's Justin Thin of 24-7 Sports. JT, I, coming just days off of your Eagles clinching a playoff spot. Is this the reason why you came on the show? Just because you're in such a good mood that you'll say yes to anything? Is that is that why you're here? Yeah, about right. Um, okay. Eagles doing well. Um, signing day around the corner, obviously. Yeah. So um, sounds like a time where where there's a lot to talk about sports wise. There, there might be. Uh, if you're listening on Tuesday night, eight days away from signing day, if you're listening to this on Wednesday, we're, we're a smooth week out of early national signing day. Justin, obviously there's been some news with Michigan State in the recent past, two decommits over the weekend, of course. We also had Jeremy Bernard entering the transfer portal. All, all 10 assistant coaches are still on the staff after a five and seven season. Uh, we talked about all that yesterday, but hey, there's going to be plenty of, you know, that riffraff to get into during this conversation. But let's let's start on a pleasant note, if you will. Do you have any good news for us or, like, any positive spin zones? Or I guess the first question is, hey, what reason can we smile right now? How about that one to set the tone? Yeah, I think um, the, the class is going to be smaller than everyone anticipated. But there's some good targets that could potentially join the class here in, in the coming days and weeks. Um not entirely sure of the exact timeline. It's possible that maybe um, he commits before this uploads even, but Jalen Barbrin, um, the running back from California that visited this past weekend, um, sounds like he's going to be coming to a decision today or tomorrow or the next day, uh, very imminently. Um, myself and Corey Robinson and Greg Viggins over on the West Coast have uh, Michigan State predictions in there. Um, and then uh, his best friend, who he was high school teammates with for the first three years, Sean Brown, a rangy 6'3 cornerback, um, he, or sorry, a safety. He's a guy that can play um, that ball hawk type of a role back there. He glides out there, really good ball skills. Not elite in terms of speed or tackling or any one tool, but just very good in every facet. So kind of what you want out of a typical safety. And um, those are two guys that I think Michigan State has, has pretty solid leads for right now. Then there's some guys that I think they're 50-50 with, um, such as Sam Leavitt, the quarterback that is committed to Washington State. Okay. He just went up to four-star status. He, he was outside of the top 800, I believe, just a few weeks ago. Um, great job by Jay Johnson and his assistants um, to, to get, that, um, get that prospect discovered and, and to get him on campus. And they visited him last week at his house, uh, hosted him this week, and or this past weekend, and then they're visiting him again in home, I believe, this week. 
So they're they're going hard there. Keyshawn Blackstock, the four-star JUCO offensive lineman, the number one interior offensive lineman on 24-7, who Coach Cap thinks can play right tackle immediately. He's, um, I'd say, at worst 50-50, uh, Michigan State versus the field, okay. maybe even 55-45. Um, and then uh, Kedrick Riesenau, the former uh, Michigan State running back commit, seems like he's down to Michigan State at Ole Miss right now. So – those are just five guys that come to mind immediately before they um, maybe have any possible surprises, which would honestly be a surprise to me right now, too. There's nobody I'm sitting on or holding back or maybe expanding the board a little bit, too, because Sean Brown's a guy that they offered and got on, on campus all within the last um, six days. So that's how quickly new targets can emerge, too. So I think they're going to end up with um, at least 16 high school recruits, most likely. Um, gotcha. So yeah, ten's not looking great right now, but I think it has the potential to change quickly. But um, yeah, really, I think the way that I would summarize the last few weeks is Jeremy Bernard loss was not ideal. Um, I, there's there's probably one coaching change I would have made, and um, the class probably doesn't have as much depth as you'd like. But other than those three bullet points right there. For the most part, I think there's been a tremendous overreaction um, in terms of just the overall mood and dynamic. At the end of the day, this class Sorry. has <laughs> at the end of the day, this class has more top tier talent than Michigan State has ever brought in in a single cycle. Right. Um, if if they land one more four star, they will have broken the record. Right now, they're tied uh, with that record, and the class average is far higher than the, the previous class in 2016 that has the record. So. Right now, it's 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 there's a lot of positives that are being, I guess, brushed aside by the class not being as deep. So I think yeah, next year they need to have a, another record-setting class, but combining that with depth. But that doesn't change the fact that they still checked one of those two boxes, and it was the box that was harder to check out of those two in terms of the top-tier talent while lacking depth. Sure. And so just like you said, they're one four star away from, you know, setting that program record of most four stars in a single class at Michigan State. So two four stars that, you know, you just mentioned, Sam Leavitt, the quarterback that's currently committed to Washington State right now. And then Kedrick Rieskano, mm-hmm. the four star running back who once was a commit here, then decommitted, right. then against all odds is still in the fold yeah. between those two guys. Which one, in your opinion, has a better chance of inking that national letter of intent? With the Spartans? Uh, probably Rissano. Um, I, I would say they're both um, in that 55-45 kind of range. Um, maybe leave it okay. as 50-50, and I think Rissano is 55-45. So neither one of those are heavy leans. Um, it's it's not like uh, Barberin um, and, and maybe Brown, where, where I expect them to become Spartans. It's more of um, a... 50-50-ish, 55-45-ish, but I put Blackstock in the same category. He's another four-star, so if they can land gotcha. one of those three, they'll have the record, and I think they should at least be able to land one of those three. You know what? I'm just going to stay on the quarterbacks, but now I'm going to take like a negative trajectory <laughs> towards the line of questioning. <laughs> Sam Leavitt, hey, uh, solid player. You know, four-star quarterback. Jay Johnson found this kid very early, can make plays with his feet. He's got a quick release on his throw. Good quarterback, okay? I'm not... This isn't a I don't like Sam Leavitt question. This is a should I be a little irritated as a fan that over the weekend Dante Moore flew clean across the country to visit UCLA and Michigan State couldn't get this five-star quarterback to take an hour-long trip down 96 to visit Michigan State? Like, am I 
Am I allowed to be irritated with that, or am I reading the situation all incorrect when it comes to five-star quarterback? Well, target, that's probably not a target anymore, Dante Moore. Yeah, I think this is always why I tried to tell every single person um, that until Dante Moore schedules a visit, there's zero reason for optimism. Yeah. And the the second I first reported that Michigan State would pursue him, I said in that article itself and the tweet in which I tweeted it, where I said the odds of this are not high at all. Mm-hmm. And the recruitment technically doesn't start until his state title run ends, uh, which was four weeks after I made that report. And in those yep. four weeks where the recruitment did not even truly begin, fans had already gotten their hopes up somehow. And then um, the visit, I, as, as far as our knowledge, maybe there was a secret visit. I don't know. But as far as we know, there was no visit. And still, fans were getting their hopes up. And um, I don't get where, where a lot of that came from. I know there was a crystal ball prediction made that I can't speak for. Um, but if people were listening to what I had been saying this entire time, it's, yes, I can report 100% fact Michigan State is pursuing Dante Moore. However, there's no reason for optimism whatsoever. But people were just not believing my second part of that statement for some reason. And, um, yeah, yeah, we just we just needed something to believe in. We (laughs) just needed some reason to smile after five and seven seasons. So when we saw, (laughs) oh, hey, the the five starts an hour, hour and a half away. Right. I'll throw all my eggs in that basket. Sure. Why not? Yeah. So I guess really the only other thing I have to add there is, is the fact that UCLA has a quarterback committed right now. And it's one who has ranked higher than Bo Edmondson was when he was committed to Michigan State. Tells sure. you that the narrative out there that, oh, Michigan State couldn't land Dante because it took Bo Edmondson was unequivocally false. Um, I know his, his high school coach kind of put that insinuation out there back then. That, in my opinion, was more of them not wanting to say, hey, we didn't really have Michigan State in our top two and take the onus on them. So I think really what it came down to was back then, Michigan State, I think, would have finished third behind um, Notre Dame was actually who got a silent verbal just a couple weeks after that, and then Oregon, and then the ties changed there. But I think back then, Michigan State would have finished third at best, and I think right now they're going to finish third at best. Um, so that's just how it's On been consistently this whole time. So <laughs> it's, that's just how, how it went. There we go. Bronze medal, baby. That's what we're talking about. Woo! <laughs> Keep chopping. Um, no, we're going to get to another big five-star as well on the other side of this quick little break here. Samson Okanlola. That's right. I'm going to let you sit on that one for a little bit, Justin. As I talk to these fine people about a big old sack of meat, we're talking Omaha Steaks, best in the business. If you want to make someone's holiday great, or hey, if you just want to make your own holiday great, buy, buy this for yourself. Treat yourself. It's the holidays for crying out loud. Go get yourself some Omaha Steaks. They have put together a delicious selection of various gift packages to make shopping for the ones you love nice and easy. Go to omahasteaks.com and take advantage of 50% off site-wide. Plus, code locked on all one word, locked on. Use that at the checkout. That's going to get you an additional $40 off your order. Omaha Steaks is everything you need to give a gift that is just, well, quite simply perfect. Send an assortment of mouthwatering favorites like the delicious Butcher's Cut Filet Mignon, air-chilled boneless chicken, ultra-juicy burgers, and even easy-to-prepare comfort meals that are ready in a flash. Omaha Steaks is a gift from the heart, a gift that will be remembered with every single unforgettable bite. Order with complete confidence today, knowing that you're ordering the very best. Visit omahasteaks.com. Take advantage of 50% off site-wide, plus use promo code LOCKEDON. Again, that's all one word, LOCKEDON, at checkout to get that extra $40 off your order. 
minimum order may be required. And let's get Justin Sin back into the fold here. December 15th is right around the corner. And God, that just gave me a heart attack. That means Christmas is really close and I'm not prepared for that. But enough of my problems. Let's talk about the, the recruiting uh, issues going on here. It's not, I guess, not really an issue. They still got two solid offensive line commits. You got Cole Dellinger. Okay. You got Stanton Rommel. However, December 15th, Samson Okunlola is committing somewhere. Uh, no idea where it's at. What percent chance do you have for us state fans of landing Samson Okunlowa's commit uh, this what it was Thursday? Um, not that high. Um, but maybe Great. maybe <laughs> I, maybe I'm maybe I'm more pessimistic than the staff because um, Monday night, Cap and and Coach Tucker rolled into um, Massachusetts and did another visit with Samson. They also did that last week. Okay. Um, so All right. they're not they're not typically um, ones to waste their time down the stretch here. Um, I guess over over the summer when official visits were happening, they kind of did invite some guys who probably didn't have a shot with. But when it comes to them traveling and taking flights and, and allocating actual time and, and, and resources to make trips to, they don't usually waste their time. But at the end of the day, I, I can't see it not being Florida here. Um, Michigan State um, did a great job fighting off Miami's um, alleged seven-figure offer here. That's how tight his uh, relationship is with Coach Cap and, and Coach Tucker. That doesn't. There's not many programs that would be able to hang around uh, with that kind of a package being on the table. But I think um, now that Florida's gotten things sorted out and, and things of that nature, there's going to be. Um, a lot of difficulty to unseat them in this recruitment, I think, but I guess they keep visiting them. So I, I shouldn't be counting them out totally, but right now I would not say that Michigan state lands him. Uh, is Adamola filet, the tight end transfer from Norfolk state. Was he on that flight as well over to Massachusetts <laughs> to try to sweeten the pot? Like, Hey, speak it up. Here's your newest potential teammate. It's your own cousin. Uh, please tell me he at least on the flight. We gotta just juice this orange as much as we possibly can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I have I have no knowledge of that, but that would seem like a good idea. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Not sure if that's legal, but I'm sure him being a family member is like a loophole that you can somehow spin in there somehow. Right. Um, yeah. See, right. you get it. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's um, it, that's an interesting dynamic. So they they landed his his cousin. Um, the tight end from Norfolk State that you just mentioned. It's um, a, a guy that has frame and potential, but not a lot of production in Norfolk State. Granted, they only threw the ball nine times to tight ends, but I'm thinking if he was elite or generational, they would have changed their philosophy with tight ends. But still, I mean, I don't know. You've, you've seen some offenses where they have good tight ends and still don't throw it to them that much. So I think at the end of the day, it's very it's very interesting to, to see how that might play out. But they, one thing I do like that I've seen this offseason is they haven't gone blindly after the backups from Alabama or Georgia. They're trying to be very unique with yeah. their evaluations. And um, the defensive back from Iowa, the defensive tackle from Liberty, um, some of the guys they've been scouting at various positions, they are trying to be very, very intentional with who they go after. 
I'm not entirely seeing the full picture with this individual pickup, but I think I like their overall approach to the portal this year. Um, and then they've mixed in the Tunamisi Adelais of the world into the mix where they truly believe the guy can be lead if he goes to a new place who's young. So it's, it's a good balance this time around for sure. You just brought me right into the next topic I wanted to talk about, and that was the gentleman's name who I've pronounced eight different ways. Uh, I think you just introduced a ninth way to pronounce his name, but we're going to go with Tunamisi Adelaide. I think, that's, How about I think this? that's what the Texas Intermedia guide had. So I think you're, you said it better Perfect. than I did. Some combination of all nine pronunciations we've had this week. It, somewhere in the middle of all that is a correct pronunciation. But uh, simpler, simply put, the top 40 recruit transfers from Texas A&M. You guys already know who we're talking about. If you've read Justin's work, if you listen to this show, we've talked all up and down about him. Visited over the weekend. <sighs> I, I hate to be lazy and just ask the same question. Like, what percent chance do you give? But, Justin, quite simply put, like, how, how did that visit go? Could Michigan State fans be excited? Or is this like, uh, yeah, we, we got a long way to go. We're at, like, the other 10-yard line for this one right here. So, I think Michigan State has as good a shot as anybody right now because he took that visit first uh, for a reason because he was sure that Michigan State was one of the schools that he was going to consider. The rest of the visits came together um, over time, but he wanted okay. to go visit BT Jordan immediately. Um, he chose his first school off of different priorities than he'll be choosing this next school. And um, his number one priority right now would be talent development. And BT Jordan gives MSU as much of a shot as anybody. Um, he's still taking other visits, which um, I thought would be pretty normal. But I was shocked to see the reaction on um, the message board when people were furious he didn't come in on the visit. But I'm thinking, Here's a redshirt. He's a kid that just finished his redshirt freshman year. He's regretting his first recruitment, and now you expect him to choose his next school after one visit and no due diligence. That's so fair. That, yeah. yeah, very shocking to me that that people were having that negative reaction there. But at the end of the day, it's um, Miami and USC and Cal. So two of those schools are a pretty legitimate threat. So I can easily yep. see. Michigan State losing their lead, but right now I do think they have a small lead, and I think BT Jordan is probably the number one factor in the recruitment so far. Bang, and I want to talk more transfer portal stuff here in a hot segment, but the other side, our side, like, hey, who's leaving for Michigan State? Are you surprised to see how kind of slow-ish it's been so far? But uh, first, Justin, I got to talk to people's ear off about betonline.net. That's right. Hey, if you want to have a rootin' tootin' time this bowl season – Lord knows we're not going to have it watching our team. Uh, but, hey, that doesn't mean it can't be fun because Bet Online is going to have all the lines, all the action, all the spreads, all the props that you can need to make this holiday season a bull bonanza. That's right. Bet Online. We're talking your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there. From pro football to college bowl season to basketball and World Cup fever is still going on. They've got it all at betonline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, which you're 20 minutes into one right now, I'd really hope that you do like sports podcasts. Uh, I got good news for you. You can find even more of those at betonline as well. We are always the fastest and easiest way to get in on all of your betting action. So what on earth are you waiting for over there? Head to the website today. Use your mobile device. Learn more about the trends and action. That is at betonline where the game starts. And let's start this third segment here with Justin Thin of 24-7 Sports. You already know who he is. Needs no introduction. Let's start this with, well, talking about Michigan State in the transfer portal as well. Obviously, the, the biggest boom so far, probably Jeremy Bernard. 
entering the portal. Uh, there's a lot of day left for transparency. We are recording during lunchtime on Tuesday. So if anything happens this afternoon, we'll get to it later. But so far, is this what you expected from the Michigan State State side of the transfer portal? Or is it a little slower than what you thought it would be as we are a little over a week into the window? Yeah, I was thinking more people would depart. Um, I, w- I would think that there's a lot of guys reaching that, that redshirt junior or, or senior years of their careers that might want to go ahead and uh, prioritize playing time before they call it a call it a career in college football. So uh, a few names stick out to me that I, I'm surprised that I haven't seen hit the portal, but I can also see them wanting to give it maybe one last shot during spring camp to see where they sit on the depth chart before they maybe depart then possibly. Gotcha. Um, I, I honestly did think that Michigan State would finally lose a starter or two to the portal just because this would have been the third straight offseason uh, of them not having that happen to them, and that happens to every program, even the best ones. Yeah. I don't know who it would be, um, so I can't sit here and say, yeah, I predicted Jeremy would leave. Um, but I, I thought there's no way that they can have three straight years of, of being one of the only teams to not lose anybody that good to the portal. Um Obviously, it coming the same week as people being frustrated about um, Colton Hood's decommitment and the class being kind of small didn't help the reaction of it. Yeah. But if if you would have looked at it in a vacuum and the overall mood not being what it was at the time, I would have just been like, yeah, that's not ideal. But it had to happen to Michigan State eventually and would have just called it a day and moved on. And that would have been my reaction. But obviously, I can see why it's mounting for some people. But um, they have um, some guys that that wanted to, um, or I should say there's some schools that that wanted to look at some guys from Michigan State who did not enter the portal, and they were able to get that taken care of. But um, with Jeremy here and the no contact tag that he entered the portal with, that's very interesting to me. Yeah. I guess we'll see how that unfolds. We'll see if he commits without taking a visit somewhere, which is kind of what usually happens after a non-contact tag, and I don't want to cast any um, – I guess, um, assertions here of what's happening. Accusations, sure. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we'll see what happens. But I think this is one of those ones where the kid has a predetermined um, destination. And it's also probably one of those ones where he knows that a very, very promising package is available to him. But also, because I just referenced Michigan State taking care of other overtures uh, for other players on the team, um, I think they would have been able to do that in this case too, um, if it was just about the money, but I don't believe it, it was just because of the fact that, like I said, they're taking care of it before and not this time. Again, just my mm-hmm. speculation there. Um, but I think that if it was just about the money, they probably could have gotten it taken care of. So eventually this is going to happen here at Michigan state and, and it finally did. So like a normal, healthy person, as I'm staring up in my ceiling at 2.35 in the morning, thinking about Michigan State football, I, I get crazy thoughts, and I need you to talk uh, me down off one of them right now. Jeremy Bernard, uh, it was no secret when they recruited him, when they got him as late in the cycle as they did, that, well, it was kind of aided because he was such good friends with Kaden Hauser, you know? And I was thinking, like, oh, well, if Jeremy's leaving, like, is that going to waver Kaden at all? Or, oh, God, no, I'm not going to sleep at all tonight. Kaden Hauser, how's that whole situation there? Like, do you think he's happy enough to to not even be a threat for the portal, or what are we looking at right here? Obviously, anything can happen anytime. But right, right, right. Yeah. right now, yeah, yeah. No, with with um, Kaden committing to Michigan State before uh, Jeremy was even really entertaining the idea, 
it, it tells me that really at the end of the day, that's not something that's going to be a huge factor for him, especially the fact that they played for the same high school before um, Kayton transferred away from the high school that Jeremy played yeah. at. So if, if he was able, if he, if Kayton was willing to transfer away from playing with Jeremy, I don't think now he's going to transfer just because Jeremy's not with him. So there's, for me, gotcha. there's no connection there at all. Um, but no, I, I don't foresee this having any ripple effects or, or having any ties to anyone else on the roster, including Kayton. All right. Well, I'm that much closer to having a good night of sleep, but there is one roadblock <laughs> in the way that I want to get to right now. Are, are we are we seriously going into next season with the same coaching staff that we just had for a five and seven season? Is that is that really is that really about to happen, Justin? <laughs> Nothing's happened so far. I, take it away I, before I just melt down. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's there's one change that I I would have made um, after the Indiana game. Um, probably very close to the right after the game's conclusion, if not the next day or so. But other than that, I don't, I guess maybe I'm, maybe I'm on a, on an Island here, but I, other than that, I wouldn't have made many other moves. I would have rolled with nine of the same guys. Um, Maybe eight, maybe eight, but really I'd say most likely I would have rolled with nine of the same guys going into next year. And um, that's why it's not a huge surprise to me that there hasn't just been a mass, sort of firing especially because last offseason after 11 and 2 tucker essentially he didn't fire he didn't fire either of them but he essentially got two guys out of there um in order to to upgrade uh the staff so for them to not make the the one move that comes to my mind is is very um surprising uh, in in a vacuum just in terms of that one move but i wouldn't have been expecting multiple moves anyway and I, that's I, I know I strongly disagree with the stuff I see during the season and, and fans uh, talking about, oh, fire this guy, fire that guy every time something goes wrong. Um, when really the way I would be looking at it is who can you hire to bring in working with this talent level that you know is a clear and proven upgrade the day that you hire them? And on paper, on a resume front where you can point to their background and say, Yes, this person 100% can get more out of Amir Speed, Chester Kimbrough, Ronald Williams, and Charles Brantley. I cannot say for a fact that I can name you an extensive amount of guys that fit that list, especially ones that are willing to come to Michigan State. So I I think people say Fire X or Fire Y way too casually, and they don't think about, okay, after you fire them, then what? And I think especially when when you look at a position like offensive coordinator where you need continuity and you need scheme, if you just turn into Penn State and you're hiring a new offensive coordinator every single season, it's that's just not what you want to do. And especially when it comes to firing a guy who the year before last year had one of the best seasons Michigan State has seen on offense in 16 years. And you can say, yeah, sure, it was Kenneth Walker that did it, not Jay Johnson. Mm-hmm. One of the best minds in college football, Dave Clawson at Wake Forest had the same Kenneth Walker and he wasn't utilizing him anywhere close to as effectively. So yeah, I mean, you can say he was aided by Kenneth Walker, but Kenneth Walker doesn't just make it a given that you're going to have a great offense. So at the end of the day, I think firing anybody um, after one season after that production, just, I would, I'm not willing to do it. I, I just believe too much instability for that to happen um in terms of the offensive coordinator move um i think by the middle of the season i I was seeing 
partially um, what people wanted with a DC change, but it was more for me as, okay, I can see it in terms of just turning the page, not actually because of anything being a fireable offense, because just the talent out there was just not good. But even then, the improvement towards the second half of the season, I backed off of that too. So yeah, I, I wouldn't have fired either coordinator um, if, if I was Mel Tucker. And there's one assistant that I would have I would have replaced. And I think people can read between the lines there, but that's really that's really where I stand on the coaching positions right now. Schmoss Bells, perhaps. I, I don't know, just a special teams coordinator that's gonna have the special teams doing great. And like I how how are they gonna look when you don't have Jaden Reed, a guy that you inherited from the D'Antonio era, and then oh yeah, Bryce Berenger, the guy that should have won the Ray Guy Award. Like what what's it gonna look like when you lose those two guys? Because let me tell you, everywhere else. Uh-oh, that was kind of a, a, a disaster that, well, maybe held you from a bowl game here as Indiana compiled, what was it, 798 return yards on kickoffs? At, whatever, I, I digress. I, but that is fascinating, though, because I don't really know where the majority of state fans are as far as islands go. Like, there are 15 different islands. Like, there's like, oh, yeah, just fire the offensive coordinator, keep everyone else. Oh, fire both guys. Or, ah, just fire the defensive coordinator. Or, hey, I want to see all 10 heads roll. I, I don't know, I can't <laughs> I really can't get a pulse on it just because like, it's just been such a tumultuous season. And when that happens, Oh boy, does, does Pangea split off into like 90,000 different islands of just hate and just passion, emotion, if you will. But, uh, Hey, that's, um, that, that that's the chat, Justin. That's it. I mean, thanks a lot for uh, dropping by. Yeah. Thanks a lot for your generosity, your time, your knowledge, and yeah. uh, just everything you bring to the Lockdown Spartans program. When you drop by one of our best guests, on the show you're the best man so thanks a lot thanks for having me Shane. appreciate it you got it. and hey gang keep it tuned uh sometime this week we'll also have mark titus of the titus and tate show on and then uh hey maybe even a mailbag episode somewhat soon we haven't done that in a while it's always a good one to break out when there's like three weeks between basketball games like <laughs> which is what we're in right now but until then keep it real love you all go green <laughs>